0: I truly thought for a second there that I was going to fall off the stage. How are you all doing? Hey, my name is Ryan Suzuki. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, Ian told me this morning that uh, they put the stage up a little higher because they knew I was preaching today. So it's good to be able to see you all. All right, last week when Danny was up here, he was talking about New Year's resolutions. And I don't know, I felt like it was like kind of a negative bent towards New Year's resolutions. And hey, if you know me, I know a lot of you. But if you know me, you know that one of the best ways to describe me is a creature of habit. I am a creature of habit. I love New Year's resolutions. Anyone out there love New Year's resolutions? One, two, three, four. That's double as many as in first service. Incredible. Usually I am the only person that likes them. I'm a creature of habit. I'm a task oriented person. And the way that I create, kind of, can create some sort of change in my life is by trying to set in motion a habit. I have a little app that tracks my, like, daily New Year's resolution things I'm working on. I got a picture of it right here. I'm not going to tell you all of them. I will tell you if you want to know, but I'll just tell you the top middle, this is the year where I'm going to floss every day, 365 (laughs) days. It's going to happen this year. It's going to be incredible. You know, maybe you are a New Year's resolution person. Maybe you aren't. But what I know is right now in the beginning of a new year, the beginning of 2024, is the time where probably each and every one of us is thinking about where our life has been, where we've come from, and where we want to go. That's just a natural part of a new year. There's a new thing happening and maybe you're asking yourself the question, who was I and who do I want to become? Maybe you're asking, God, what do you have for me in this new year? Why, what are the things that you're going to do in my, your, my life, and how can I participate to join you where you're going? You know, it's no mistake that we have this series, Let's Go, an invitation into, God, into what God is doing. into something new and something better. There's no mistake that we're doing it around this time because this is a time when we're thinking about it. What's our life going to be like? What are we going to be? What are we going to do? How are we going to act? And we looked at these kind of actions of discipleship, these ways that we follow Jesus and these places where we put ourselves in a position to be transformed by him. In the first week, we talked about attending a worship service. That's where you are. Thanks for being here. We talked about connecting in community, that the Christian life is not meant to be lived on our own, that we're meant to have brothers and sisters in Christ. Every week we say, welcome home. That we want this to be a household, a family, a place where you have brothers and sisters that support you, that love you, that pray for you, that lift you up. We talked last week about giving generously. That Jesus talks about giving and money more than anything else, because it's so connected to our heart and this opportunity that God has for us to entrust Him, uh, entrust to Him that which is most precious to us. And this week we're going to talk about this: serving regularly. Maybe you have downloaded the app the last couple weeks. You've seen those icons or you've seen them on a poster in the lobby or something like that. These are those kind of behaviors, these things that we do that we engage with our discipleship. And part of the Christian faith that we've always seen is that Christians serve one another. We live a lifestyle of ser- service. And even for this, it's all about helping you, helping all of us to be disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. So this morning... I'm going to ask you to do something, okay? I know. Some of you, you're already dread. You saw the tables in the lobby. You saw the, like, names of all the ministries that we need help in. Maybe you saw on the video, or you heard Danny saying, he told us, we're going to, I'm going to ask you to do something. And maybe if you're like me, I do feel this way at times, like when you get that ask, when you know the ask is coming, you have that little pit in your stomach. Maybe you're already coming up with all the reasons why you can't, or you don't have time, or you don't have the energy, you don't have this, or maybe you're thinking of the reasons you haven't signed up yet. Maybe you tried before, you signed up, you filled out a form, you did something, and no one got back to you. You want to serve, you were willing to do it, but no one even followed up. Maybe you tried to serve on a team, and someone there told you, hey, actually, we don't need you. We're good. We got it covered. Maybe some of you are afraid, you have a fear that if you sign up, we're going to take advantage of you. We're going to take all your time. We're going to take from what little time you have left. Maybe because you're afraid of that because that's happened to you here in a different church. And for, some of the, for those things, I want to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the ways that you've been disappointed. I'm sorry for the ways that maybe our church and our community has contributed to some of those hurts. Um, Because that's not what we want for you. We desire for each and every one of us to have a place of meaningful service that we can serve the Lord and serve each other and be disciples of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're worried if you sign up, you're just thinking, I'm just one person. Can I actually make a difference? Well, this morning we want to open up the scriptures and read God's word and see where we get that kind of motivation where we get the joy, the meaning, the purpose we have in serving others, in being like Christ in this world. So maybe for you, you came in this morning and you like saw those signs and you dreaded what was coming next. That's okay. We want to see from the work of Jesus in our lives where we get the motivation because it's not just in here. It comes from him. So that we might enjoy and step into the work that God has for us in our lives, that we might be people who serve and reflect the gospel to others. Before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to open our hearts, to open our minds, and to be willing to hear what he has for us from his words. So Lord God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for all these people that are here with us this morning. For those of them online watching this morning. Lord, let each and every one of us, Lord, stir in us that desire to serve. Lord, not out of a sense of just obligation or guilt, but out of a source of joy knowing how you have served us. So, Lord, I pray that you'd be with us and bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to be opening up our Bibles. You can open up in our app. There's a Bible, uh, app, Bible section in our app. You can open the Bible in front of you. We're going to Philippians chapter two. I think a lot of you might be familiar with this passage. It'll also be up on the screen. Here's what it says, starting in verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. This is a powerful passage. One of those linchpin sections of the Bible. Maybe this is the first time you have heard it, but I promise you it won't be the last time you hear us preach that passage from this stage because it's so impactful. It reminds us of what Christ did for us, but it starts with this, like, where it comes from. Why do we need to know that? It's this motivation that we have to live like him. Paul starts this passage, and even before this, in chapter 1, he talks about this, about living a life worthy of the gospel. That each and every one of us, all of us who call on the name of Jesus, to whom Jesus is our Lord and King, we are called to live a life worthy of the gospel. And we find ourselves in chapter 2, as Paul's speaking, he's talking about, hey, if you've experienced the love of God, which most of us in this room, we have. If you've experienced the grace and the mercy and the salvation power of Jesus Christ, which most of us in this room have then make Paul's joy, make God's joy complete by being like-minded, by being of one heart, of one spirit, being unified as a family under Christ. And it's that, that motivation. That's why many of you, you come here You come to this place because you know that the Lord is here and that the Lord is here in and through the people all around you, that you're actually part of a community of faith. That's what you love. That's what you want to be a part of. That's what you want to continue in. And Paul gives us the recipe, the answer for how we're going to continue to do these things by serving each other, by putting each other's needs before our own. If you're a note taker, you can write this down. The Christian faith is meant to be expressed through serving others. The Christian faith is is meant to be expressed through serving others. I think most of us in this room, even though you might have that little hesitancy when I say, we're going to sign up for you, I'm going to ask you to do something, I think most of us in this room, maybe all of us, know the goodness, the good things that happen when you put other people's needs before your own. When you actually lay something aside, lay yourself aside and say, I'm going to take care of you. I think all of us, we get energy out of that. We love that. We experience the joy of the Lord. Maybe you have a neighbor that's not physically able to take out their own trash can. So you're out there every week, not out of obligation, but out of love, out of an act of service. Maybe you volunteer in your kid's school or on the PTA or you coach a kid's soccer team. You don't do that just for yourself. You do that as an act of service and you enjoy it. You like it. It's a service to your community. It's a service to these families, and it's a serving these kids. Maybe you love to make a meal for someone. You know a family that's recently had a newborn, or they're wrestling through an illness, and you want to serve them, and care for them, and love them, and nurture them through a simple home-cooked meal, bringing nourishment to their bodies and to their souls. We just came out of the Christmas season, and we think about that adage, that age-old adage that we all have heard, it's better to... Give, then receive. And I think most of us, we believe that you've experienced that. I mean, I like, one of my love languages is gifts. Don't give me a gift. One of it is my, that is what, I like to receive a gift. I like to give a gift. It's powerful to give a gift. It's amazing to see when you serve someone in that way, I know you, I care about you, I want to give you something. I want to serve you. We see the power of those things. And on the other hand, We know what happens when we live the life that Paul describes, selfish ambition, vain conceit. We know what happens when we live selfishly. Maybe you've gone through a season of your life where you were focused just on you. It's what matters to me. It's what I want. I'm going to get what's mine. Or you've lived with someone, or you've been around someone, or you've worked for someone that lives with selfish ambition and vain conceit, and you look at them and you just think, that's not a good life. That's not a life of joy. That's not a life of happiness. And it's not even a life where you get the thing that you want in the first place. So I think for most of us, we see the joy that comes through serving. We know that when we read this passage, it resonates in our hearts because we've experienced the joy of the Lord as we serve others. But for us, you know that there's people that aren't believers in Jesus that serve other people. There's people out there that they give and they love and they care and they give of their time, their finances, their talents, and all these different things. You don't have to be a believer in Jesus to know that it's good to serve other people. But in this passage, for those of us who are in Christ, we see the ultimate motivation, the ultimate reason for why we serve and what happens when we serve the eternal things that happen when we serve. And so if you're a note-taker, you can write this. Our example and model for what, we are, what serving looks like is Jesus. If you want to look at what a servant looks like, you can look directly to the life of Jesus, which says it in our passage. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. We look at this Philippians passage, it's all about how Jesus set aside what was rightfully his to serve all of us. You just think about Jesus. He was up there in heaven at the right hand of the throne of the Father, sitting on his throne. And he steps down off that throne. He comes here to be born of the virgin Mary, to live a life of servitude and sacrifice on our behalf. We see that lifestyle of service throughout Jesus' ministry as recorded in the scriptures. We see that moment during the last supper where he kneels down and he washes the disciples' feet. A job that was fit a task that was fit only for a servant. Not certainly not for a teacher. Certainly not for a king like Jesus, and certainly not for the God of the universe. And yet, in Jesus' life and his ministry, we see that that's who our God is. He reveals our God to us. Our God serves, He cares. Jesus touched the untouchable. You think about the lepers, these people who had a disease that made it so people could not touch them, they would not touch them. And Jesus, in healing, their disease, reached out and laid a hand on them. He served them by bringing them dignity and closeness, closeness and a human touch. We think about Jesus healing, the hurting, casting out demons, raising the dead, pouring out of Himself in service of other people, feeding the multitudes. We could go on and on and on with this lifestyle of service that Jesus lived. But He served us in an ultimate way, by suffering and dying for us. On the cross. As Jesus put it, there's no greater love than this, than when a man lays his life down for his friends. And Jesus laid his life down indeed for all of us, that we might have forgiveness in life. So we see this lifestyle of service in Jesus' life, but we also see it's commanded to his disciples, and we're his disciples too. So it's given to us. Here's what uh, Jesus says in Matthew 20 Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served. This is about Jesus talking about himself. But to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Our model is Christ who even though he was God, even though he deserved all the service, all the glory, all of it, he did not come to be served. But he came to serve and offer up his life as a payment for our sins so that we might have forgiveness and life. And so we see, again, in your notes, we see that a life of service to others is the key to being great in the kingdom of God. I think all of us, we want that smile, that satisfaction from the Lord. We want to be a a good believer. We want to follow Jesus. We want to be a great disciple, not out of our own motivation, not out of this own selfish motivation, but I love God. I want to live for him. And we have right here from the mouth of Jesus the solution to that. If you want to be great, if you want to be a great disciple, if you want to be close to Jesus, then you serve like he served. And so you see, as you brace this life of humility, of sacrifice, of service, you'll find your connection to Jesus growing stronger. Like many things, when you do the things that the one you love does, you grow in your affection. Jesus was a servant, so when we serve, we're joining with him. We're standing alongside him. We're living with him, and we experience his joy. And of course, practically speaking, when you put others' needs before your own, when you start to love and to serve and to care for people, put them first, you're going to grow closer to them too. You're going to grow in your affection for different people. You have a strained relationship with someone, Serve them and see what God does in your heart as you care for that person. Or think about the strongest and best relationships you have in your life. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a great friend. Think about someone that is always trying to put you first. You're always trying to put them first. Aren't those just the best relationships where you know that someone has your best interests in mind and the feeling is mutual? I think we all see the power of service. We all know this. We all actually enjoy it when we do it. We're like, man, that was good. You get a little charge out of it. You're feeling amazing when you do these things, when you actually put other people first. So why then, when you saw that announcement video, when you saw those tables in the lobby, when I told you, when Danny and I told you, we're going to ask you to do something, why for some of us, myself included, myself included, you feel a little bit of, like, you, you recoil a bit. You want to push back a bit. You're trying to find that reason for why you can't or you won't. I feel like part of this is in this example that Jesus gives us. That we have this example of Jesus from Philippians. And it just sounds so hard. It just sounds impossible. Are you telling me, you might be asking the question to this text, Is this this passage telling me that to serve like Jesus, I need to be willing to give everything? I mean, Jesus, in the end of this passage, he gave his very life. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Are you telling me that's what I have to do? Or maybe you're asking the question, like, is serving in this way, is serving at our church, is being a greeter in the lobby? Is being someone out in the parking lot directing people? Is holding a baby in our children's ministry? Is that... When I do that, am I being like Jesus? Am I actually serving the way that this passage is talking about? So for you, if you're asking that question, is this really what God's asking me to do? And when I serve in these seemingly simple ways, am I being like Jesus? I want to give you the answer to that. The answer to both of those questions is yes. Is yes here's what we see happening because when we take our eyes when we think about these things and look at what happens when we serve what happens when Jesus put us first what happens when he was willing to become obedient to death even death on a cross the passage goes on to tell us we already read it this morning let me read it to you again therefore you know that word therefore is important Because of Jesus' service, because he was willing to do all these things, because he left the glories of heaven and was willing to suffer and die, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? And so here's what we see here. in your notes. Through our life of Christ-like service, God will bring people to Jesus. Through our life of Christ-like service, God will bring people to Jesus. So when you serve, when you're willing to put it all out there, and do what God has called you to do, and to care for people in this way, God's going to do an incredible work in and through you. He's actually going to draw people to himself. Because we think about service, and first of all, when we serve, it's not primarily for us. It's not primarily for you. The primary motivation around these serve, like, we're doing it unto others, unto the Lord, for the benefit of other people. But I promise you, I guarantee you, that when you serve, you will be blessed. You will experience the joy of the Lord. You will experience the closeness with God. You will experience connection with fellow believers and others in our community. We don't need you to—we don't— Like, the reason to serve is also not just, not only, and not primarily to fulfill a need. God's pretty clear in the scriptures. He doesn't need us. He doesn't require us to do anything. It's not like God's up in heaven, like, oh, man, there's not enough people in children's ministry this morning. There's not enough people in the parking lot. He's not panicking. He doesn't have a help wanted sign outside because he needs our help. God is all-powerful. Instead, God is inviting us inviting you inviting me to join him in the work that he is doing that it's not on you it's actually not on me it's not on any of us god is at work and he's inviting us like a loving father why don't you come work alongside me let me show you all the good things that i'm doing i want to involve you i want you to be a part of what i'm doing i want you to see the gospel on display as you serve other people. But like Christ, just like Jesus, when we put others' needs before our own, God uses that to reveal himself to others. You know, there's been a lot of studies and surveys about how, what causes people to come back to church. So one of these key studies talked about, like, that peop, most peop, the majority of people make a decision to come back to church before they walk through an auditorium's doors— before they hear a note of a worship song, before they hear a word of a sermon, they decide whether or not they're coming back next time based on all the interactions they have out there, out in the parking lot, out with the greeters, with the ushers, with the folks in the cafe, with all the things that are happening here. That's when they decide whether or not they're going to come back. So when you think, are these places of service important? I want to say, absolutely, what if you're a part of helping someone say, like, that was a great experience. I'm going back next week. Maybe they don't know Jesus yet. They're up here searching. They're seeking. Maybe some of you are here today, and you're coming back next week because you had an amazing experience. You felt loved and seen and cared for. Now that person, has, the, if they come back, they get an opportunity to hear about Jesus again and again and again. That they might one day put their faith in Jesus Christ. They might bow their knee and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. We've been doing this kind of surveying some of our church, some of you, asking what brings you, what brought you here and what keeps you here? I can't tell you how many people, the vast majority of people say, because I felt welcomed and cared for as soon as I stepped, got, drove up to campus. The other reason is kind of similar. You might, uh, you probably, Some of you have experienced this. People say, I come here because they have great children's ministry and student ministries. It's clear that this church is a community that cares for my kids. That's why people come. That's why people keep coming. Because they've experienced a community that loves them, that cares for them, that nurtures them, that serves them. I was thinking about uh, our guest Uh, experienced director, Sonia Fields, she's right up here, and she she let me share this story about her life and how she was impacted by people serving. Before she gave her life to Christ, she was in a season of hopelessness and a a season of desperate need, and she knew in her heart just like God was just drawing her as he does, and she thought, I need to go to church. So there's people in here that you had that thing too. You didn't believe in Jesus. You didn't necessarily go to church like, I know I can find something at this church community, and so Sonia was going around to different places, and she couldn't find a community where she felt seen or heard. She just felt like kind of an anonymous person going in and going out, that no one cared for her, no one knew her, no one saw her, and then finally she decided to go to her sister's church, and she told me, like, that was the church I did not want to go to. You know, sometimes you just don't want to be where your siblings are, but she decided, I'm going to go. Drives on to campus. There's a parking team there, People like waving at her, helping her find a space that she got out of her car. And one of the parking, of the got, volunteers in the people serving in the parking lot waved and said hi to her. And she thought, she looked around thinking like, he can't possibly be saying hi to me. It must be one of his friends. And she looked around. There was no one else there. Well, he was saying hi to her. She just felt like that warmth, that greeting, that being seen. She walked up. There's some stairs leading up to where uh, the main auditorium was, just like here. And there's two women up at the top. They were greeters, and they just had Big smiles on her face. Welcomed her in, waving. She said it was like they were glowing. They were these beacons of hope. Beacons of light. And Asher helped her find a seat. Offered to help her find a seat. And Sonia says, like, she kind of summed it up. The reason I know the story, I heard, like, Sonia had said before, like, I am saved. I know Jesus. Because someone in a parking lot greeted me. Some of you have experienced that exact same thing. That you were prepared for the message of the gospel, that God revealed his love for you just because someone said hello to you, they shook your hand, they gave you a hug, they made you feel seen and known and cared for, just like God sees, knows, and cares for you. Jesus said it, I'll remind you, instead, whoever wants to be great, become great among you Must be your servant. And so we see that the life of service is a primary way that God will use you to bring people to worship his son, Jesus. So when you serve, you actually fulfill the work of God in your life. If you want to share your story, if you want people to be saved, if you want people to experience the joy that is within you, the salvation, the forgiveness of sins, the promise of eternal life, When you serve, that's how God is going to work in and through you and rescue people from sin and death. So it brings us back to the beginning of this passage where we started. It's a reminder that when we serve, we actually grow closer to Jesus because he serves, so we're getting alongside him. It's a reminder from the beginning of this passage that if you want to know people, if you want to be connected, if you want to maintain the unity, the love, the joy of this body of believers, this family we serve and we see the glory and the joy of the Lord in our lives. So when we humble ourselves, when we sacrifice like Jesus, you should serve and help us fix that. Uh, (laughs) We are even more like him. When you serve, you're more like Jesus than you could possibly imagine. And you'll actually experience some of the things that the exaltation Remember, it says that God, the Father, highly exalted Jesus and put on him the name that is every, above every name. And while people aren't going to be worshiping you, God, through your service, will exalt you. Jesus said this. These are his very words. Matthew 23. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves, those who serve others, those who put other people's needs in front of their own, will be exalted if you want to live that exalted life, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, if you want to make a lasting, eternal impact on people's lives as they come up here, join the Lord in serving others. Are you ready for me to ask you to do something? Okay. We're there. You ready? You can take notes. You don't have to. It's going to be pretty easy. Here's stuff. step. I got three steps for you. Step one, jump into an area of service today. Jump into an area of service today. Yeah, I wouldn't ask uh, Pastor Austin Foxworthy how it went. He's like, "That I got the most people signed up that I've ever had signed up on a Sunday. Just go ahead and run that one back. So here we go. There's still a need, a great need. Right outside these doors, we have a ton of people out there. We have a ton of areas where we need, um, where we, need we want to invite you to join in serving. To meet with the Lord and to meet with other people and help them find a home here. Be adopted as sons and daughters of the King of kings and Lord of lords. You want to be part of the kingdom of God. So go out there and sign up. You can, maybe you have to run out today. You can use uh, in the app if you click on the little icon, the serve icon. Uh, you can, there's some forms. There's things that will help you take a next step. But the best way, or you can call us. You can email us. We will help you. We will make a way. But the best and simplest way is walk out those doors and meet someone. Maybe you're not sure where you want to serve. Don't worry, we're not making you sign a contract that's gonna be lifelong. You do not like if you sign up to be on the parking team today, you do not have to be on the parking team until the day you die. Okay, so don't worry about that. We had a member of our parking team in here on the on the first survey says, like, I'm staying there till the day I die. So he Silray is gonna be there. You do not have to. So maybe for today, you're like, you're not sure. Go meet someone and jump in. And I promise you, through that experience of serving, as you step into that area that God is going to show you where the right place is. Maybe, it's, maybe your first try won't be the right one, but you will find the place. And our ministry leaders, or volunteers, they will help you find an incredible area of service that's meaning, that is meaningful and you see the fruit of what God is doing in and through you. So jump in today. Okay, number two, commit to serving regularly. Commit to serving regularly. Today, I want you to go out there, you know, you're wondering what's the difference between these two things? Well, today I'm asking you to go take this action, but there's this thing that has to happen in our heart and mind, this kind of opportunity for growth and for transformation, that we're saying, I want to become a person that serves other people. I want to become more like Jesus in the way that I serve. And there's an opportunity for growth. You usually don't start anything fully formed. You're not going to start serving today and just be like, and you're just going to be all about it. Like if you today, you've never served in an area of our church, You're probably not going to start today like, I'm going to join the middle school ministry and I'm going to mentor students and I'm going to call them three times a week. I mean, that's kind of overwhelming. Middle school students are crazy. I have one. Maybe that is for you, though. Hey, personally, I like middle school students. They're really interesting. But maybe today it's just that you want to commit, like, I'm going to start this journey. Maybe right now all you're going to start is signing up out there. You're going to serve one hour, one Sunday a month. That's a great start. But maybe as you start committing and getting into it, God opens your eyes to the other areas that he has for you. Maybe it's in your community, in your schools, in your workplace, wherever it is. God will open your eyes, and as you commit to being a person who serves, God's going to reveal those opportunities, and he's going to bless you as you step into them, as you walk with him, and as you see him doing this incredible thing. Here's step three. Invite someone to join you. Invite someone to join you. Maybe you're sitting by a friend Maybe you're sitting by a spouse, a girlfriend, a boyfriend. Maybe you're sitting by one of your kids. Right now is the time where you're supposed to make eye contact with that person and you give yourself the knowing, each other the knowing nod. We're going out there after service. You know, it's a lot. I see some people playing some rock, paper, scissors about it. That's great. I like that. Winner chooses where you serve. I think sometimes, like, when you sign up, going with someone makes it a lot easier. Let me tell you, if you've ever signed up for the gym alone, you're not going to the gym. I'm just going to tell you that. But when you sign up to go to the gym with someone, there's a chance you're going to go. You might go sometimes because you're going with that person. The same is true here. If you want to go, go with someone that you care about. Go with someone that is a friend to you. Go with someone uh, and make that experience amazing together. But maybe some of you, you don't have anyone yet. You don't know anyone yet. You haven't met someone here yet. Sign up to serve. You're going to meet incredible people. You're going to meet some of the closest friends. I think I'm think i looking around this room looking at some of our greeting team and our guest experience team, and, like, they love each other. They care about each other. They pray for each other. They check in on one another because they serve together. Maybe that's the opportunity for you. You haven't found your people. This is an incredible way to find your people. Those are the three things. Jump into an area of service today. Commit to serving regularly. Invite someone to join you. And you're going to see as you serve that God does incredible work through you. You're going to see as you serve, you're going to hear these stories up here where people are given a testimony about what God's done in their lives. In a couple weeks, we have a cel- next weekend, Baptism Sunday, Celebrate New Life. You're going to hear testimonies of people who were transformed by these sim- seemingly simple acts of service, that they were warmly greeted, and that's how they met Jesus. And that's why they're devoting and dedicating their lives to following him, to being a part of his family. I was thinking about, even for me, like years ago, I was the children's pastor here. And my wife, Jess, she worked. She, is a, she was a preschool teacher. She has a degree in early childhood development. And so she served in our walker's class. Anyone got a walker today? A kid, not like this kind of, you can have that too. You can raise your hand for that. But you have a kid in the walker's class that's kind of toddlers that are learning to walk and talk and all those things. And Jess, she's good in there. She likes it. She likes that age. That, that class can be a war zone, okay, but she likes it. She gets in there. And we had a family in our church and they had a child that had really kind of be- severe separation anxiety and that she just did not want to go to leave her parents' side. How many of you have had a child like that? And Jess was just, leave her with me. I'm going to take care of her. I'll be with her. We'll work through this together. And week after week, the family kept coming, kept dropping off their daughter. And things began to change. Jess just showed up every single week. She just loved this little girl. She cared for her. And so as the weeks went on, the crying she cried for less time. As the weeks went on, she stopped crying altogether. She would go to class. And as the weeks went on, she was happy to be in the class. She was excited to be there. And it's this incredible thing, this act of service that Jess gave just to like care for this family, to allow them to go to church, to give them that peace of mind that their child was being cared for. Now, when we came back a few months ago, when I came back to the church, Jess was trying to figure out where am I going to serve now? Now that we're back, where am I going to serve? And so she decided, I'm going back to children's ministry. And so I went in there last week. I'd ne- I hadn't been able to see her in her class yet. And so I went over last week during second service and I poked my head into her class and she's back in the walkers, back in the war zone. And who was there serving with her? That very same family. And they were sharing a little bit of their past, their history. That that was a place that was, because they experienced that meaningful service to them, they wanted to give back and serve others to provide other parents. Maybe you're here today because they're watching your kids in the walkers. They're caring for you. That's the opportunity that God has for us. God's going to use you in incredible ways. God's going to bring transformation through the simple acts of service that we do. That's God's invitation for you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And ask that he bless us. So Lord God, it's just so incredible. I can't get over the fact that you, even though you don't need us, you invite us and you want us. You are God. You are all powerful. And yet you invite us. Come with me. Join in the work I'm doing. And see what I do. So, Lord, today that you would remind us of the work of your Son, that, Lord, he was willing to give it all so that we might have forgiveness and life. And, Lord, we can give of our lives, we can give of our time, of our talents, Lord, knowing that through that, people will confess with their mouth that. So, Lord God, give us the strength, the motivation. Give us the sense of purpose, the meaning. Give us a great community that invites us to serve. Let us step into the invitation that you have for us. Lord God, we thank you and praise you. Thank you for all the ways that you have served us. Thank you for the people that have served us. that point us towards you. In Jesus' name, amen.